Well, welcome. This week on The Guardian Podcast with Ren Melberg, we plumb another new depth with something that sounds like it ought to be breakfast cereal, at least to me. Scrum! I can't decide if it's ice cream or breakfast cereal, and Ren, other than <laughs> me avoiding the temptation to say, Scrum diddlyumptious, what is this thing called Scrum? Um, Scrum is uh, under the umbrella of Agile, or I like to say it's under the house of Agile. Mm -hmm. I'll explain that in a a moment, but it's a set of um, methodology, a a set of practices and behaviors Mm -hmm. that we know have very defined outcomes. It's very successful at the team level and has some success at a program level. And so try to, how I usually draw for my clients is I draw a triangle that's the peaked roof that is agile. Mm -hmm. So we've talked before that it's agile is a set of values, practices, processes, and procedures. Mm -hmm. The first pillar of agile is scrum. Okay. So those team level behaviors in a scrum team. The second pillar is lean. So lean practices. That's all very process-driven, usually at a program level. Mm-hmm. And then the third pillar is SAFE, the Scaled Agile Framework. Okay. SAFE literally builds upon Scrum and Lean. So everything Scrum does exists in SAFE. Everything Lean does exists in SAFE. And then SAFE adds a whole layer for the enterprise, for the executives and boards. It adds additional governance and makes sure that governance is aligned from the team program and enterprise level, things like that. Um, I like to then draw the foundation is then the behaviors and outcomes. So we define what is Scrum versus not Scrum in terms of the behavior that we're seeing and the outcomes that we're trying to achieve. Okay. So, and I don't mean this to sound silly, but it's the same but different kind of a thing? Um, in, in what way? Well, the Scrum team and their members, all of the things you've taught us about Agile so far, they're related, correct? Yes, but I wouldn't say they're different. Okay. Scrum is, is like, a, like I said, it's one of the three main pillars of Agile. And you can't have successful SAFE, by the way, without Scrum. Okay. Boom, it just collapses. And I will argue, and I know some other people would argue against me and some people would argue with me, I would say you can't be Agile, and we talked about this a little bit before, if you don't have Scrum and Scrum teams and solid Scrum practices. Okay. We also talked earlier about you know, in another podcast, how you can't really be an agile organization if you're not doing automated continuous integration and if you aren't doing automated testing and there's a few other things. But I would say the first step is you have to have Scrum and Scrum teams. Okay, so let's, uh, let's scratch a little harder on the Scrum team and tell us what is a Scrum team and does it have a set Number of people, how many people would typically be on a scrum team? Sure. A scrum team 
um, in its simplest form, has a product owner, so that's the person representing the customer. We have a scrum master who's responsible for the ceremonies and the processes and keeping the team agile mm-hmm. and in good scrum shape. Then we have developers, testers, and any other SMEs that may be needed to, or subject matter experts is what SME stands for. Mm-hmm. So any other SMEs that may be needed um, to create and deliver those user stories to production. Examples of SMEs, um, an architect, mm-hmm. a designer, legal, compliance, mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you'll see a UI person, so a user interface person. Um, there, it, even a Scrum coach could be um, a SME that you would have on that team. As a rule, we like to keep that team between 8 to 12 people. Okay. What we found is it's smaller than that. Uh, they don't have enough flexibility to be continuously working on user stories. So they don't have the right skills to always be productive. If it's larger than that, communication starts to break down and there's a lot of redundant communications and confusion and it's hard for them to align and agree and collaborate. So well, over years of study, we found the sweet spot is between 8 and 12. 8 and 12, okay. That makes sense. And I also wondered, because it's a new, it's a new term for me, Scrum, is it, is it an acronym? What does it mean? Scrum literally refers to the Scrum formation used by rugby teams. Okay. So Jeff Sutherland is the person who came up with the Scrum process in 1993, um, and he took the word Scrum from a paper that was published in the Harvard Business Review, and in that paper, they compared high-performing cross-functional teams to the Scrum formation used in rugby. I'll be darned. And that's literally where it comes from. It's hard for Americans and Canadians and some <laughs> other people to get their, anybody in the Americas, I should say, to get their heads wrapped around Scrum mm-hmm. because we don't play rugby. And so we don't have that rugby reference right. that um, Europe and Australia and in places in Africa have. Um, but it literally refers to that high performing cross functional Scrum formation in rugby. Yeah, now that you say that, I uh, I don't pretend to know anything about rugby, but um, I have seen that formation, and um, it's it's something to see. Uh, I had just never thought about the word, you know, in that context, because as you say, we don't we don't play rugby. So, <laughs> right. um, okay, that's that's neat. That's uh, that's an interesting thing to know. Let's talk now a little bit about Scrum development. What's involved in it and how does it differ from from the regular Agile project management? As far as development practices, they're identical. And okay. Agile um, borrows from Scrum heavily. Okay. Um, the only things that would be a little different is um, 
XP, so Extreme Programming Practices, uh, which are now being incorporated into Scrum practices. And okay. now sometimes we'll even hear the phrase Scrum XP. So we've talked before about test-driven development. We've talked about um, build and break development. That's what we mean by extreme programming. Okay. Um, but those were first developed um, in other places in the House of Agile and then moved into pretty pretty standard operating procedure for Scrum teams. Okay. And that's kind of how Agile works. So someone will come up with an idea, and we will build it and test it. And if it works in that first test, then we usually publish case studies, and we ask everybody else to test it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know that I'm working on a case study um, that I hope to publish very soon, and I have other people testing it for me. Oh, cool. So this is very common, you know, this practice. And that's what happened with TDD. If someone came up with the idea, um, he put together a very lightweight case study and asked other people to test it. Well, does this work for you? Mm-hmm. They came back and were like, this is awesome. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then it got shared wider and has and is becoming standard practice within Agile. Then when it comes into under the Agile umbrella, then we look at it, and really it's the Scrum Alliance looks at it, and they say, do we want this to be Scrum practice? And in that case, they said, yes, absolutely we do. And so then it gets folded into Scrum. Okay. Okay, it's a well, very simplistic way of explaining it, that, but that's basically how these things happen. Well, it's a, it's a good explanation, particularly for somebody like me who's um, you know, just now getting familiar with Agile, and then we've got this whole Scrum thing to process. So um, Now, there's another athletic term that I want to ask you about, the sprint, the Scrum mm-hmm. sprint. What is that? That a sprint is a sprint is a sprint in Agile. Um, one of the blessings is that we talk about sprint exactly the same way. It's defined exactly the same way across all of Agile. Okay. We've talked in another podcast so that that's not true with the term release, remember? And there's a couple other things where where you live in the house of Agile work may have a different meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, but sprint, it isn't. A sprint is always a time box. Okay. It's one to four weeks. Best practice is it's two weeks. Okay. We've done a lot of study on this over the last 25-ish or so years and found that two weeks seems to be the optimum length of time where you can get a user story all the way through design, development, and test, and it's production ready. Okay. And that a team can do that more than once in a sprint, move more than one user story through in a sprint. And uh, there's, and this is very key in the House of Agile, and sometimes people hear this, terms called design sprint, mm-hmm. build sprint, test sprint. Those aren't sprints. That is A now. That's Agile in name only. Okay. A-I-N-O. Um, and what they did is they just took the phases of waterfall and added sprint to the end of them to <laughs> pretend that they're being agile. Okay. 
So whenever you see that or you hear that, just know, uh-oh, that's not agile. It's counterfeit. That, and it's and it doesn't mean and it doesn't matter what part of the house of agile you're in. Uh, there's no never such a thing as a design sprint, a build sprint, and or a test sprint. Well, that's good to know. A sprint is a sprint. A sprint and you do is all a sprint. Those things inside a sprint. Yeah. Yeah, that's good to know, um, and that there's faux or counterfeit agile is um, that's another good thing to know. Yeah. So you mentioned a little bit about these um, at the top of the show, the other roles on the Scrum team. But what is the Scrum master? Is he like the head Scrum, the chief Scrum? Is he or she the <laughs> boss? <laughs> Um, we don't have bosses in uh -oh. Agile, and it's kind of kind of nice. I like um, it better already. Right, because everybody's a servant leader, so everybody has roles and responsibilities. And the Scrum Master's role, and de depending on how you feel, um, I will say we'll facilitate or moderate mm -hmm. um, the Scrum practices and the Scrum ceremonies. And their job is really to keep the team um, using the, the known best practices of Scrum and Agile mm -hmm. uh, and also looking for opportunities to improve and help the team be as high-performing as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and so that also means the Scrum Master is the one, and we've talked about this before, where teams will run into systemic barriers to success. It's the scrum master who escalates that. Okay. And says, hey, the test environment's done down. Excuse me. We can't move forward. That's the scrum master who, who screams bloody murder yeah, about yeah. that. It's, 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 it's not okay. Uh, we can't function. Right. And, and so they really are about motivating and uh, keeping the team on track and protecting the team and protecting the team's success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds like um, very much a service um, role. And I like what you said about facilitate and moderate. That's a, that's a much better, in my opinion at least, mm -hmm. definition of it's, leadership. Yeah, it's not like a project manager, which is very command and control. They tell people what to do and when they're going to have it done. And so the Scrum Master isn't like that at all. They really are a facilitator and enabler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, enabler. That's also a good word. And along those lines with the Scrum, the Scrum Master, you touched on these earlier, but the other roles on the Scrum team, you said that the ideal number was between 8 and 12, and you had mentioned what um, some of those roles were, but can you um, talk about those in a little bit more depth for us? Sure, absolutely. So the minimum roles on a Scrum team, we already talked about the Scrum Master. Mm -hmm. The other one is the product owner, and the product owner is a person responsible for writing, uh, doing the initial writing of the user stories. They manage the uh, sprint and product backlog, and they are the voice of the customer on the team. Okay. 
So when we have, for instance, um, a customer experience question, the team does, they take it to the PO and the PO answers the question or makes a decision. So um, an example is, uh, this was client yesterday, actually. Mm -hmm. They had two different ways to lay out a screen. Mm. So they went and they and they were like, we really don't, there's can't there's no technical advantage or disadvantage to either one. It's all about the customer experience. Mm-hmm. So they went to the PO and they said, PO, here's the two options. Which one do you like? And the PO picked the screen the screen layout they wanted. And the team went, Okay. <laughs> and off they went. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, there was a long debate. That's overly simplistic, right? But that is, that's basically, in a very simple terms, the PO, their role for this team. The other people we've talked about are the developers and the testers, and they've got to be working lockstep. And we've talked about that a lot and how critical it is that um, they are working together, they are designing together to make sure that we're developing the highest quality code uh, possible. Right. Yeah, the, the quality of the code, we talked about that um, a good bit last week and having mm-hmm. somebody, you know, make certain that it's as good as it can possibly be, that sounds like really important and kind of leads me to what I was going to ask you about next, the secret to success of using Scrum, what what is it? There's a few things. Um, one of the things that um, goes all the way back to the beginning with Jeff Sutherland and some of the uh, science of business that he was inspired by is the recognition that we in America do not, and most of the Western world, are not manufacturing anymore. We've gone to the knowledge capital industry. That's mm. what we work in. Right. And therefore, the people we work with and for are not hands and feet mindlessly manufacturing things. Right. Everything is about our brains. Mm-hmm. I am hired by my clients for my brains not to put things together, but to give them the benefit of my knowledge and my experience. And so his big thing, and and the science behind this proves it, that we don't have resources in Agile. We have people. Right. And what we do is we create environments where people can be thoughtful, creative, and innovative. If they're always putting out fires and they're asked to do heroic efforts to get things done and they're just given something already designed and told to blindly code it and not ask any questions and things like that, we will never get the best out of them. And we know this. We see it over and over again. Crap products delivered to the marketplace over and over and over and over and over again. That's right. That, so that's one piece. These are people... And the second piece is the processes and procedures that we use have to be designed to get the maximum benefit out of people. Mm-hmm. The third one is how we design the work it needs to be done in small, bite-sized bits that we can design, develop, and test quickly and find out quickly if it's going to work or not. Mm-hmm. We want to fail fast at the least amount of cost and investment and time. Yeah, I 
so appreciate what you said that, you know, people aren't resources, you know, to be managed like electricity or water. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a much more satisfactory um, point of view. So certain types of projects that are better suited for Scrum than others, I'm, I'm sure there are some. Can you, can you tell us what those might be? Well, anything that's software enabled, which is almost everything we do. <laughs> yeah, States, exactly. Right? We can't even drive our cars without software. Right. Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so that is why we've seen such a huge proliferation. And, you, and we've talked here about the diversity of my clients. Because mm-hmm. I have worked, yes, with software companies. Mm-hmm. I've also worked with manufacturers right. who use software in their manufacturing. I've worked with manufacturers who have software, like the automotive industry, which I worked with, mm-hmm. who have software in their cars. Right. And I work a lot in financial services and those really intense knowledge capital industries. Right. Um, and it's been successful in all of those. Um, some of the work that I'm doing that's more recent is in um, medical industry, but also the government, mm-hmm. um, but getting more and more inquiries from the government and doing more consulting with people, including unions, oh. by the way. Um, uh, the unions, governmental unions are really interested. Why? Because unions are people. Yes. And they want to be treated like people. Right. Not resources, right? And so they're really interested in how can we do our work differently. They're also looking for ways to continue to be competitive in a global marketplace. And they know that things like agile practices and scrum practices absolutely would give American unions a competitive advantage. Boy, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? That's that's such a good word. Now, I know, and and we've talked before about how much people are typically resistant to change. So it makes me wonder: How does Scrum get introduced to to a company or to an organization? Does does somebody just you know wake up and slap themselves in the forehead and say, "Hey, I know Scrum"? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, usually, so my two specialties, right, are agile and governance. It's okay. usually the governance that makes people want to come to me and talk to me about agile. Right. Because they're looking at the results of their work and they're going, this is crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not getting what we want. We're either not competitive or um, a client I'm working with right now, they looked at their um, their traditional waterfall uh, project success and failure rates and realized that their failure rate was 84%. Oh, man. Which, by the way, absolutely normal. Oh. That's so, <laughs> so depressing. 84. But they looked at that and they went, this is crazy. That's an insane amount of money that we're wasting. Mm-hmm. And I said, not just money, just think of the opportunities you've missed. Absolutely. And that's usually what it is, is that people don't come to, at least I haven't seen it, so I'm going to leave the door open that other people have a different experience. But my experience is that every client has come to me 
has come to me because they're suffering some significant pain Mm -hmm. that was identified somewhere in their governance process. And someone said, we either are, we're time to, we're getting our ass handed to us in time to market or our failure rate is way too high. So we're not getting our investment back at all. You know, it's something along those lines Mm -hmm. and it's triggered in them saying we have to do things in a different way. Yeah, and you know, financial loss is um, a very compelling type of pain. And if your failure rate is eighty four, eighty four percent, that's that's gotta hurt. Right, and that's looking at everything. So we usually have a red, green, red, yellow, green rating for projects. So mm-hmm. red being absolutely no doubt this is successful. Yellow. Eh, kind of. Yeah. And red, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Failure. And what they were looking at, that 84% was the yellow and the red added together. So they either missed their deadline or they would more common than not, companies severely de-scoped to meet that date. Mm. So they don't get the business value that they need. Yeah, those... But they made their dates. <sighs> or it cost them a heck of a lot more than they had budgeted and intended. So again, they didn't make their business value. Um, That's that yellow area. Yeah. um, I guess you can pare down something just to make the deadline, but like you say, um, they didn't, they didn't deliver the value that they, that they really wanted. Now, and I'm curious though, too, about, maybe examples of software or some other product that the average person might recognize that came as a result of Scrum project management? Sure. Um, probably one of the most famous would be uh, Google. Mm. Almost everything Google does. And again, I'm just leaving the door open because as far as I know, pretty yeah. much all of Google's product development is right, sure. through Agile and with Scrum teams. But you never know. There may be an exception in there somewhere. But for instance, like most people, one of the things that people talk about, the big difference between Android and Apple, mm-hmm. is Android, You rarely, your phone is rarely doing these huge updates. It's yeah. because they're using... Agile and Scrum, Mm -hmm. they're pushing these updates to you all the time. It's just in tiny little bite-sized pieces that you don't notice. Unless you've turned off the automatic update, Mm -hmm. you would most people never, ever notice that their system is getting updated because it's happening so frequently, and it's happening with tiny little updates that it that it happens in seconds. Ah, I'll be. Another example, total extreme, John Deere. John Deere. All their product development and management, they use actually the scaled agile framework. But remember, the base of that is scrum teams. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they have very successful scrum teams. Um, Initially, they were just using it in their software and their IT enablement, but now they're using, because of SAFE, they're using Scrum teams in all of their manufacturing processes, and it's been incredibly successful for them. So we would never normally naturally put John Deere and Google in the same category. No. 
But actually they are. And both of them have really, you know, kicked the ass of their competitor. Well, and isn't that the truth? And, um, I mean, I, I don't pretend to know much about anything, but John Deere is a very good investment. And But you're right. You wouldn't think about the types of equipment that they manufacture and Google. You wouldn't ever think you'd say those two in the same breath but hey but both of them are using both of them are are using safe but both of them are important to this discussion have scrum teams strong consistent scrum practices wow amazing Mm -hmm. now with the time we have left i wanted to ask you about um something that sounds like some kind of a some kind of a government organization or you know the federation of planets what what is the <laughs> what's the Scrum Alliance? What is that? Yeah, don't you just love geeks? Yeah. Um, so the Scrum Alliance is the um, sort of a, a governing body, if you will, for Scrum. Okay. And only Scrum. All right. So we we have a different organization for Lean. We have a different organization for the Scaled Agile Framework. Okay. Um, and the the Scrum Alliance just governs the Scrum as defined by Jeff Sutherland, et cetera. And I mentioned earlier, they're the group who decide when we change standard uh, scrum practices. Best, and it's all based on science. So you can't snow this group of people. <laughs> okay. They will test everything before it comes in the door and they go, okay, yeah, you can do that. They're also the only people who um, are recognized to certify Scrum people, so oh. uh, masters under Scrum, uh, uh, product owners, you know, etc. Scrum trainers, etc. Um, so it's very similar. So we we think outside this industry, it's very similar to uh, the American Bar Association for lawyers. Okay. Um, the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants for accountants. PMI for waterfall or traditional project management, mm-hmm. et cetera, it's organized the same way, and they take the same scientific approach. They have the same professional standards, et cetera. Yeah. So it's a professional organization like the ones you you said. Absolutely. And, and this is a profession, and, and we're very serious as an agile community of making sure that it is treated as so. And that's why we kind of go after ANIL, so Agile and Name Only Practices, because that um, actually diminishes Agile. That's well said. Um, and and before the clock gets us, I think uh, if you could just kind of summarize for us, you know, the reason we need Scrum and, and uh, how it distinguishes between regular Agile well, Scrum, remember, is the team-level uh, behaviors and how an individual team or a team of, a team of teams mm-hmm. um, relate with each other. Agile is, just, is the umbrella term for a, a group of practices and behaviors. Um, so Scrum is really what most people are ever going to experience mm-hmm. and know 
of Agile? Well, it's really been, um, Ren, another terrific education for for me and I'm sure for the people who are listening. And for those of you who are not listening on the website, if you wanted to be in touch with Ren directly, it's wrenmelberg.com. And there's a place on there where you can communicate directly with her. And Ren, you're going to be giving a talk here shortly. Can you bring us up to date on that? Sure. I'm going to be doing a lightning talk at the Rally On Conference in Phoenix. And that is between June 15th and June 17th. Awesome. I already promised our listeners that I will put a recorded version um, on the website. Yeah, and um, having seen a, a preview of it, it's uh, it's compelling stuff. You won't want to miss it. If you can't hear Ren in person, then you'll want to go to the RenMelberg.com website. Well, that wraps it up for another week on The Guardian Podcast with Ren Melberg. Please come back again, tell your friends, and thank you for listening.